Hey, welcome back to another episode of Exalt Podcast. This week we'll be talking about um, Drew's most recent sermon, Who You Trippin'. Drew, do you want to give us a little brief summary of, of that sermon? Sure. The first two weeks we're meant to look at internals. How are we tripping and why are we tripping? This week we wanted to focus out because I think all of us have that tendency to do some things that cause other people to stumble at times. And so we were looking at Romans 14, how Paul's addressing that church in regard to some of the things that he believed were were okay for Christians to do, um, but then referencing that some didn't have that, you know, that confidence in their own conscience that it was okay. So there was this divide happening and he was reminding people, no matter which side you fall on, if it's okay to do something or if it's not, uh, depending on you know where you go, be careful how you interact with those people so that you don't become a stumbling block to them. Sure. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty deep. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was one that was a little, sh- I was a little scared and timid to approach because I don't, I don't think I've ever heard it preached. Yeah, that's definitely a deep subject for sure. Um, I know I, I spent a lot of time internally thinking like. One, what what am I tripping over from other people? But more importantly, what am I causing other people to trip over? Right. Um, which I think is ultimately the point you were trying to get at. Yep. Um, you made a statement that judgment is only fighting against what only love is fighting for. Um, and I think that's kind of the point there is, is how do we love one another in such a way that we don't cause them to stumble? Do you want to go into that a little bit? Sure. As Paul was referencing the two different camps people are in, he's saying, for those who deem something to be clean and okay to do, don't look down and despise those who haven't arrived at that conviction yet. Because the tendency is to want to look down and go, oh, you poor little soul, what's wrong with you? And I've, I've arrived at this great understanding and you haven't, so we kind of look down and criticize. On the other side, he's speaking to those who don't think something is okay to engage in, and he He's warning them not to look at those who have that freedom and judge them as if they're not holy because they're engaging in something that that person thinks they shouldn't. So the whole premise was, you know, judgment is only going to fight against what only love is fighting for. Love is seeking to unify and to build up in peace. And uh, that was something that Paul mentioned a lot in that text. So every time we judge, whether it's to, you know, pass that criticism and look down on someone and go, oh, poor guy, or to go, I can't believe you'd ever do that. Both both ways are only working against what love is trying to do, which is to bring us together and to unify us, the fact that we can be Christian people differing on some open-handed things and still be in unity together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I mean, I've been in, you know, Christian circles before where, that whatever is being partaken in may be a good thing and even a great thing, um, but it may not be what's best for everyone involved. Yep. Um, you know, I can think of specific examples, but uh, I may keep those to myself at this point. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you know, for one thing, it may be, um, you know, maybe for somebody it might be how you school. You know, um, we we school one way, you school another, mm-hmm. however that may look. And it's, well, hey, the way I school is, is more holy than you because I send my kid to a Christian school or whatever, or, or, you know, we go to a Baptist church or we do this or we do that. And it, I think we can put all these things that 
you know, while they're great things, they may not be what's best for everyone. I think we want to try to put those parameters because I do it, you must do it. And I think that's exactly what you're trying to get at here is that, that when we're operating out of love instead of out of judgment, it's, hey, you know, maybe I should look at that and say, well, it's not what I would do, but it's working for them and, and praise God for that. Yeah. And the thing to be clear on, and I try to be really clear during the message, is that we're, we're talking about open-handed things. We're talking about things that the Bible doesn't condemn, you right. know, because I, I think people have a tendency at times to take whatever topic it is, homosexuality or greed or drunkenness, and say, well, that might not be right for you, but it's right for me. No, it's never. It's right. never right. If the Bible says right. it's not right, it doesn't matter who who you are. Uh, your Your conscience can never deem that okay so we're not talking about justifying sin correct that um you know that we want to you know we, we want to say well my conscience says yes this isn't bad we're, we're talking about things that are uh, more gray areas yeah and i and i mentioned that in the sermon going i don't care what your conscience says what's the bible say if the bible says it's wrong i under no circumstances is that okay to engage in but there are some we i mentioned specifically alcohol in right. in that the Bible says don't get drunk, but it doesn't say much in the way of don't drink. So that's one of those gray areas that some people have, and they say, well, is that okay or is it not? And so I, I put that little Venn diagram reference up on the screen to say, if it's sinful, don't ever touch it by any means, and you cannot make it not sinful. It's always going to be untouchable. There are certain things that are not sinful, and those are okay to engage in. We have freedom in those. But then there are some that can be seeming gray areas. And I made the point to say, if you see gray, it is sinful for you. Um, right. Yeah, I think that's a good point because, you know, if if you see gray, then it is clearly in your mind you're not convinced that it's white. Yes. Because you put up that diagram, and so black was on the sinful side, white was on the okay side, and it and then gray was the middle. And and if at any point you see gray, then it's automatically black because yep. for you, you're not convinced in your yes. conscience that that's okay. Each so, one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And if you if you do it without proceeding in full faith that this is okay, then it's best to not touch it. You will be sinning against your own conscience by doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can think of multiple things in my life where we've kind of done that, where I'm like, well, is it is it okay to watch a rated R movie? Is it okay to... To, to do this thing or that thing. And, and we've kind of, not probably perfectly, but we've tried to say, you know, hey, if we're, if we're questioning that, like, let's let's back off, reevaluate, determine why we're questioning it. And yeah. if there is some validity to it, then we stay away. And so I, I think it's for, it's kind of a case-by-case case case basis, but ultimately I think that um, that diagram you put up is, is huge talk all of a sudden. That's all right. I'm going to edit all this out. <laughs> it happens. Um, but I think that's hugely helpful for for someone who struggles with that. And it's like, well, if, if I am questioning it, then it's no longer something to be discussed. It's something to be just pushed aside and, and something I don't partake in. And, and I, I think a lot of people would look at that and say, well, now you're being legalistic because you're you know, you're you're not participating in something that the Bible doesn't condemn, so that you must be legal or a legalist. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times what a lot of people look at as legalistic is really what the Bible just calls holy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think there's you can take it legalistic and say, well, because I 
I don't drink alcohol. You should not drink alcohol. But that goes back to what you were saying about the judgment judgment. side. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can take it in a legalistic way. But if you say, hey, I see gray here, and I don't want to see gray, I'm going to abstain from that so that I'm not sinning against my own conscience, so that I'm not sinning against my God. Um, You know, I think, you know, when we look at it like that, it's no longer legalism, but just pursuit of holiness. What do you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, I would agree. It, and the whole premise of this, uh, of the sermon was, I think I even said it. I can't remember verbatim what I said, but this sermon wasn't mm-hmm. to get you to figure out what your conscience says. It's to get you to be aware of the people that are around you, because if you, uh, you know, as you mentioned. If you are trying to seek it in a way that only breeds legalism, then you're not helping yourself and you're not helping other people. Because the difference between really going by your conscience and legalism is going to revolve around that judgment piece. Uh, I can do something in conscience or not do something in conscience, and I don't have to worry about really whether or not my brother stumbles by the way I force it on them. If I'm aware of where they are, what they think, because that's the, that's the whole thing. If we got it, we have to pay attention to the people around us. And I kind of mentioned the analogy of the steak saying, if I, if I go have dinner with somebody and I know that they're opposed to, for me eating steak, I'm not going to order a steak. Right. Um, and that's not legalism. That's simply love. Absolutely. Is really what it is. But the problem is we've got all these double standards. So people go, oh, I'll never watch a rated R movie. But you have Jay-Z going in your car. <laughs> right. You know? And so you have to look at all things and, and be really careful about that. But I think you're right. There, there could be a fine line towed between legalism and, um, and just being, and trying to be holy. So the question becomes, all right, God, what in my life do I want to do that I, I know is pursuing holiness for me personally? Without legalism, always tends to come out on somebody else. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like holiness is personal. It's me. I, I'm not worried about other people. What does God say is is good, and I want to pursue those things. Legalism comes when, oh well, I've arrived at this, and I want to tell you what I think. Right. So it really becomes external when it becomes legalistic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if it's if it's just for me in my pursuit towards Christ, um, if I'm kind of keeping that to myself, and I think you even mentioned that in your sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm kind of keeping that to myself, then it's then that is pursuit of holiness. But when I try to say you must do this, yeah. that's when it crosses that line. Yeah. Um, one of your points was. Do not destroy the work of God, but instead walk beside them in love. Yeah. Um, so my question, what what do you what would you say is destroying the work of God? For, for me, it's that judgment or that that disdain, looking down on people. You don't know how God is shaping somebody's conscience, shaping their thoughts, and working them uh, to be where He wants it to be in their own personal pursuit of holiness. So for us to intervene and say hey, man, that's not wrong, or hey, man, that is wrong, and to interject our thoughts. Who, who are we, the authority, to to make that kind of call in somebody else's life? Right. You know, we can clearly point to the Word and say, but listen, let, let's, not, let's not get carried away because the Bible 
either doesn't say this is wrong or let's make sure the line is drawn. It, it is wrong. Let's not do it. But we we don't know. We're like we're not the Holy Spirit. Right. And I, I don't remember who said it. Somebody made a quote once that said, we are so arrogant and prideful about our own spiritual life that if there was a vacancy in the journey, we would apply. <laughs> You know, and yeah. I feel like that's kind of when it comes down to destroying the work of God. When we try to play the role of the Holy Spirit in somebody's mm-hmm. life and go, let me tell you what God says is correct. Right. Well, we can do our best according to the Word of God to do that. But there are just some things that are going to be a matter of personal conviction. And so when we try to not keep it to ourselves and force it on somebody else, I think that's what Paul is referencing when he says, we are destroying the work of God in somebody else because it's not our mm. job to shape their conscience. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a line between, and maybe you can expound upon this, between mentoring and like discipling and love versus, you know, that judgment. Cause, and, mm. and how do you walk that line? Because yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, when you look at a younger believer who may not know, like it, it is important to kind of, to teach them and walk beside them and help them grow in love versus, hey, this is my preference. You need to adopt it as well. And so, you know, I think we there is a way to balance that. And how do you personally do that? Well, it depends on are you trying to make a disciple or a, a Pharisee, hmm. and you forcing your opinions on people, you telling them this is clear cut the only truth that the Bible says there is, you're making a Pharisee and not a disciple. I think what discipleship looks like in this regard is to get them to see the overarching principle of this whole thing uh, and not to get them to necessarily land on a particular issue. Right. Um, because for some people, it, it's not necessarily wrong to have those gray spaces. That's just yeah. where you are. And God may shape your conscience. God may you know, lead you to that definitive answer of, do I think this is right or wrong? Uh, but again, when you walk beside somebody in love, they may have gray spaces, and there may be a lot of questions they have. And our goal is not to inform them of our theology and try to shape it to where they adopt it, like you said. It's to get them to see the overarching picture. No matter what side you're on, be careful. There's a tendency to judge or to disdain and and we gotta as disciple makers, we want to make sure that people understand the the purpose of that is to get people to not fall into one of those two categories, but to walk beside people in love. Right, absolutely. Um, kind of circling back to something we talked about earlier, one of your points was do not push your preferences, but instead keep it to yourself and God. Um, you know, I, I put I wrote down something you said is let the word of God inform your conscience, and yeah. I think that's important piece to, to not leave out. And I think we did touch on it a little bit already, but, um, you know, I think a lot of times we want to say, well, hey, I, I really prefer this um, over what the Word of God says. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to name names or, or circumstances, but I remember asking a, a leader in the past that was influential in my life, um, you know, hey, what about this passage or, or this particular topic? And, and that individual came back to me and said, well, I see it in Scripture, but but my life and, and my personal experiences prove that to be false. Hmm. I'm like, well, how can you see it in Scripture and then, and then determine for yourself that that's not true? And so I think it is absolutely vital that we inform our consciences and, and 
really the things that we land on by the Word of God and the Word of God only. Because I think a lot of times, I think um, C.S. Lewis talks about it in Mere Christianity as Christianity and. Um, and. And I think a lot of times we want to add some of the things that we've heard from the world and some of the things that we see in, in TV and culture to our our box, I guess. And, and I think you had several weeks on, on your God box. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, we have this God box, but we also want to fill you know, other things into that God box. And, and then we, we try to form our conscience around, well, yeah, there's, there's Christianity and, and I, I fully believe in that, but I also, I also like these things over here. So we need to, I think you talked about it before, Jesus juke it a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, and then make it something that, you know, that, um, is no longer sinful, at least in my mind. And, and so I think, you're absolutely right on informing your conscience by the Word of God. And it has to be the Word of God because mysticism is taking over <laughs> the culture today, and it's whatever feels right. You know, let the Spirit lead you. And I I am all about living a Spirit-led life. Yeah. But I'm also cautious to go, but if you if the if the you say the spirit is leading you to do something the bible says not to bro that ain't the spirit that's that is totally the enemy working on you or your own flesh <laughs> yeah and so it has to be first and foremost the word of god and that quote that i always come back to is how do you how do you prove that a stick is crooked you don't have a theological debate you don't bring somebody else in to decide whether or not it's crooked you lay a straight stick up against it mm. that's how you prove a stick is crooked and that's what the bible is so our conscience is only formed by the straight stick of the Word of God. And if you try to lay it simply on the work of the Spirit, or you try to lay it simply on what culture would say, you know, because Christianity is not the best at not adopting what culture says is deemable okay. And so right. we, well, it's so we'll take it on. It has to go back to the Word every time. It has to. Yeah, you were talking about mysticism and, and signs and symbols and all these things. Um, there is a a song by, it's not for the faint of heart because it's rap music, but a song by the band Beautiful Eulogy um, called Signs and Symbols, and, and they kind of poke fun at that whole idea of, hey, I remember that one time when I saw a leaf fall and I was I was positive that it was God's call, and mm-hmm. you know, and so yep. the whole point of it is, you know, we we are swayed by so many things, and and we want to. We want to look at all these externals and, and think, well, that's what, that was a sign from God or whatever. But but ultimately, if it's not in line with Scripture, it's out of bounds, period. Yeah, I mean, people go crazy. I mean, I just spitballing off my head. I could see somebody with the gray area of alcohol going, "Should I? is it okay to drink for me? Should I not? And they're on their way home, and they, you know, drive home, and they get a flat tire, and they get out, and they're like, I got a flat tire. Why is my tire flat? I hit a Budweiser bottle. That must be God saying that it's either okay or not okay based right. on how you perceive it. You know, God stopped me in my tracks in my car, and yeah. Budweiser did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's be very, very, very cautious about right. how we perceive some of those random things of life and not not inform it to say, well, this must be God working. Yeah. So I'm looking at the the last point here, and it says... Do not act against your conscience, but instead proceed only in faith. And we've talked about this fa- rather extensively already, um, that that anything that you do that's in the gray is sinful. Um, so my question is, what in your life, if you're willing to go there, 
is um, is some of those gray areas that you've chosen to say, well, now because I see gray, it's now black. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many gray areas I have now, but I had plenty as my biblical knowledge has grown. Uh, I didn't mention this in the second service. I mentioned it in first, where I am personally on the issue of alcohol. I would have said, you know, five years ago that that drinking at all is a sin. That's where I would have been personally. Right. Uh, for me to touch are. it would have been totally wrong because my conscience is like, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Then I began to move into gray, going, well, but but the Bible doesn't really say it forbids drunkenness, but it doesn't say much about drinking. So what what should I do? And it became gray for me. Um, I will say I think over the over the years, um, it's probably moved into the white for me. Um, but I still don't touch it, right? Because one, I'm a pastor, and I and I just I just don't. I have a hard time thinking that I personally would not be a stumbling block to people, even though my conscience might permit um, that right. to be okay. Man, I, I just I don't want to be that guy. The cultural perception of a Christian drinking is is, yeah. is what yeah. And I've got plenty of friends that I respect, pastors who who are of the persuasion that it's okay to drink, even as a pastor. Right. Uh, I'm not there. So yeah. I wanted people to see in that first service that sometimes, even though your conscience might permit it, it's still not a good idea. Yeah. And that's that's where I am. So there's really three categories. Just because gray doesn't exist doesn't mean that everything's beneficial, everything's permissible. There are some things, right. do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, as Paul says. But um, So that that's one that's one for me uh, that I've, I've grown along the way and, and several others. Um, I, there may be some things that I get caught up in. And again, I want to take a deep look at my life and ask myself, if I deem this one thing to be gray, but there's another thing very similar to it that's white or black, I got to I gotta bring all that up and lay it in front of the text in the yeah. Scripture and say, okay, God, help me be informed by your Word and all these things and not just pick and choose what things are more convenient to me. Right. You know, the things that are less convenient, I'm going to deem them to be black or white. It just yeah. tends to show up that things that were more convenient to us are either mm-hmm. going to be white or gray. Yeah. And I think we have to really do some digging in the Word and really ask God to lead us in that before we engage. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Paul said, I, I don't know the reference at the moment, but um, all things are uh, permissible, but not all things are profitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of maybe somewhere where we need to land is it well while it may be okay to partake in this is it benefiting anyone does it benefit myself does it bring glory to god is there any way that in partaking in this that god will receive any glory and that others will will be um well he will be revealed to others um you know and if if those things aren't if there's no profit in those things then then maybe out of pursuit of holiness you abstain yeah and and here's the thing it's a hard issue just because, I mean, alcohol is one thing. Coffee's another. Caffeine's another. Mm, yeah. You know, they, they become those. We talked week one about the idols of our life. If you say, man, I got to have this to get through the day, it's an idol to you. It really is. And yeah. I, I struggle with that because I, I say that. I'm like, I got to have a sweet tea. Give me something yeah. to get through today. And I didn't say... Jesus, you're my portion today. Mm. Again, I'm not trying to Jesus juke anything. I'm just trying to be honest that it doesn't matter what the object is. We have to be real careful. 
that Absolutely. we don't let it become an idol to us. So that's why all three of those weeks tie in together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you you ended with um, we need to be very cautious that we don't become a stumbling block to those around us. And then we need to walk in love before taking hard stances. And I think that's absolutely an incredible takeaway from this is Mm. like remove those stumbling blocks that may exist for others. Yes. um, And then walk in love. So I, I, the last thing I wrote on my notes from this past week was who am I tripping? What in my life is causing other Christians to stumble? Um, I haven't probably taken the time to evaluate that quite as as extensively as I'd like to, but I, I absolutely intend to. Um, and I, I can already think of a few things that I'm I can definitely cut out because Alan Flood, our student pastor, he's in our our breakout group, and he he's been talking a lot lately about um, perception is other people's reality. So as you were talking about, as you being a pastor. Um, if you would partake in, in an alcoholic drink and someone, especially someone from outside the church, would happen to see that and know who you were, their perception is, well, he's a drunken sinner mm-hmm. and he's hiding it from his church or whatever. Yep. Um, perception is other people's reality. And the other thing that Alan says all the time that's really impacted me is what you do in moderation, others will do in exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And so if if... You, in moderation, have, have a beverage, and someone from the church sees it, and it's like, well, Pastor Drew does it. No big deal. I, right. I can drink as much as I want Yep. because Drew does it. And so I think it is wise for us to, to evaluate those things and say maybe what, maybe it's not even something that we think is really all that bad, but we say, hey, what is causing other people to, to look at me and say, I can do that because of them? And and do it in abundance. Yeah. Um, and so, so it may not even be what am I doing that's causing other people to to go against their conscience, but maybe it's even deeper in saying like, what am I going to lead someone else into that is in a, in a, in an exaggeration? Mm-hmm. So, and maybe something else that I need to wrestle with personally, just in transparency, is because I don't know that I. If I say drinking is wrong for me, um, maybe that is maybe that is more black and white than I think it is. You know, sometimes I wonder if it's gray. Sometimes I wonder if it's black and white. And I don't I don't think it's a matter of I think it's wrong. I, but because of where I am and what I do, maybe maybe I don't know. It's it's tough to think about. Yeah. You know, because what is the motivation? I just I don't have that desire to drink. I don't have the motivation to do so. I don't, I don't feel like I have that need. And it's not, I don't want people to hear this and say, well, he doesn't drink cause he's a pastor. I don't, I wouldn't drink even if I weren't. Right. But I, again, so maybe, maybe it's more gray than I think it is. Um, which is, which is maybe why I don't touch it. But my whole premise of that is to say, I just, I don't want to hurt people yeah. with it. Absolutely. And that's really the main reason why I don't touch it. I just don't want anybody to go, like you said, well, if he, what's he doing? And maybe it's okay for me. And then who knows right? what kind of damage that might do down the road to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I can think of an example as a teenager, um, of a guy who was, I don't remember what movie it was that it was a movie that probably was inappropriate. And he was a, a youth leader of mine 
And I took that as, well, hey, movies aren't, you know, no movie is off limits. And so I went through years of putting before my eyes anything that I chose to watch because I I was free in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And um, ultimately, I finally came to the point where I said, you know, this is causing others to stumble. It's, it's causing myself to stumble and others. And, and so I took that and exaggerated it big time in my life and, and realized, like, hey, I've, I've got to really monitor what goes in front of my face, especially now that I have young children and things yeah. like that. It's, you know, I, I can be a stumbling block to them just by what I allow them to watch. And I wasn't really planning on going there, but, you know, wh- when I think about these gray and white areas and black, Something I've heard you say, which I've been really impressed by, um, is your stance on movies and what you allow your kids to watch. And, and I remember, you know, the new Star Wars coming out and you saying, hey, that's PG-13. We're not going to see it. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you want to expound upon that a little bit. But, I mean, I've been impressed just as an outsider watching that and saying, hey, this is a gray area. Um, I'm not going to we're not going to partake. Yeah. I've got a son who loves Star Wars, and as as a dad, it's hard for me to not want you know let him see that. Yeah. And and I'll say out of the get go, you know, if somebody else let their kid watch it, this is not a judgment call. You know, right. I'm not Absolutely. I'm not looking down with this thing on people or judging them. It's just for me, um, the last thing I think I'd want my kids to ever say is I can't watch that. It's one of Daddy's movies. Mm. Well, hmm. good grief! I mean, what what does that mean? Yeah, you know. Um, so it's just one of those areas where I don't want to put anything before my 10-year-old son, something that might cause him down the road to stumble. So yeah. that's it's just a, a caution that I want to exercise with him. Um, I only have so many years to do my best to teach him as best as I can. Absolutely. And then at 18, he can go see what he wants, you know, and I, I have no control over that. But I want to impress on him early on when to exercise caution mm. and when to when to let some things that would be popular and fun slide for the sake of holiness. Absolutely. Um, so that that's just kind of where I am and where Jennifer is as a parent. Amen. All right, I think that wraps things up for today. Uh, Drew, what is your next sermon title? Um, are we finishing this or have we already finished Stumbling Blocks? Where are you going? And then kind of give us a little brief uh, preview, if you will. Yeah, I am uh, finishing Stumbling Blocks on Sunday. It's Easter with the question, are you tripping? Mm-hmm. And basically, um, I'm going to use 1 Corinthians. The, the, the verse is, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to shape the message a little different because it kind of overlaps what we talked about in week two. Um, but this week I'll be in Luke 23, looking at the story of the release of Barabbas and how uh, Christ's death for us was a substitutionary death. And uh, are we tripping over that? Are we tripping over the fact that we've been set free, mm. that Christ has died for the ungodly? Sometimes I don't think we want to believe that someone would die for us, and somebody yeah. has. So that's the that's the premise of this week's message. That's great. I'm excited. Um, I know that's something that I tend to struggle with at times. Is you know, I think you talked about it a few weeks ago. Was is just when I understand fully His grace. Sometimes it's easy to say, "Well, I'm free," and and I tend to, I actually tend to lean more away from legalism and more towards freedom. And but they're both, you know, flip sides of the same coin that that are equally dangerous. So I'm I'm excited to hear where you're going with that. Yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, thanks for checking us out. Come back next week.